The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And you guys are tuned in to 1210 WPHT, because free speech lives here. Welcome to the program, and uh, I'm at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media if you want to chime in that way. And uh, I got some big news that I'm going to share with you. I was going to leave it for the end of the show, but I figured I'll bring it up now, and this way we don't have to go back to it later. Uh, but uh, you may have seen the news by now or heard that the legendary broadcaster Jim Bohannon is retiring. I wish Jim Godspeed uh, in his retirement. I know he's uh, facing some health challenges, and I wish him the best with that. And uh, the other part of that news is that yours truly, Rich Valdez with an S, has been presented with the opportunity to sign a multi-year deal to continue the show's tradition, and I have um, gladly accepted the opportunity. This is a show that was helmed by a Bohannon for three decades, and prior to him, the world-famous Larry King. This is the old Larry King show. I mean, this slot of 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. has been a staple in talk radio, especially uh, interview programming, and uh, it's my honor to have been uh, chosen for this. I'm thrilled to do it. And I wanted to share that with you guys. Now, in other news, the week was very eventful. A lot of things that happened this week, not the least of which was a birthday for Cardi B. She's the very raunchy rapper that you've heard about, former stripper turned rapper. And I, I actually, believe it or not, I'm a fan, not of the strip work, but of, of how talented she is in creating hip-hop music. I think it's pretty clever, despite it being raunchy and probably deserving of a warning label for adults only. But I still think it's something that, uh, you know, I, I can bop my head to when I hear it. And uh, I, I like Cardi B because she talks about capitalism while trying to uphold the socialist principles that are all around her. But as she makes more and more money, like I think a year or two ago, she made $10 million and she was like, hey, hold on a second. Why am I getting taxed so much? <laughs> right. And she wanted to know, well, where are the receipts? What are you doing with my money? What are you doing? my money. So I bring her up from time to time because I feel like looking at Cardi B's um, meteoric career growth is proof that this is why more and more people are ending up becoming what used to be known as a conservative. Now I think it's just known as common sense thinking voters because 
it's a guaranteed losing scenario if you want to team up with the Democrats. Sadly, I wish the Democrats offered something good. But today, the Democrats are the party, uh, excuse me, the party of abortion on demand, high taxes and reckless spending. Now, people say, well, Rich, that's not fair. Obviously, there is um, a plank of their platform that you're missing in, which is they're the defenders of the environment, the climate change crusaders. Oh, I think the jury's out on that stuff, too, because uh, clearly that's what's driving up gas prices and destroying the automobile market and, and amongst other things, for sure. But it's not the least of those things. So we look at all of that stuff. We think, man, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Now, one of the other headlines that I wanted to bring to your attention, and we'll spend a little time on it, but we're going to keep going because there's a lot I want to cover. So a lot of a lot of hit and run here, not not too much of um, the deep dive today because there's just too many things I want to talk about. And because of the contract negotiations, I took Tuesday off. So that means I'm an episode behind. So forgive me for those of you that are looking for Tuesday's episode. I apologize. I honor you in the audience. You guys are the best. And I apologize if you didn't... Um, get to hear the episode because I didn't do it. Now, everybody who's listening as we kick off the weekend here, I uh, thank you for being here. And I, I want to play a clip of audio of, for you of what I'm talking about. And it's Nancy Pelosi, or who I like to call Nancy La Bruja Pelosi. Now, Nancy La Bruja Pelosi is, is in this audio clip, she is clearly saying that she wants to throw hands with Donald Trump. And she's saying that this is the moment that she's been waiting for where people trespass on the Capitol. No, I'm not making it up. I want you to listen to this. They have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources. Now, that's Terry McCullough. She's chief of staff uh, for Pelosi over there. And she's giving a report on El Presidente Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, Donald J. Trump. At the time, she's saying that they have dissuaded him. The Secret Service has dissuaded him, um, trying to make, create the picture that he's some sort of frantic madman that's dying to get to the Capitol. Meanwhile, while all this Capitol stuff was happening, he was still giving his speech. Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could... Check. 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 I would come to punch him out. This oh, is my mom. I would pay to see that. I'm waiting for this. For tre- All right. So there she's she's got her hand up. It's trembling. Right. It's trembling like a, a Spanish dish known as tembleque, which kind of jiggles. She, she, she said, I hope he comes. I hope he comes so she can grab her broom and beat him down. It seems she says she's going to punch him out. Listen to this. Trespassing on the Capitol grounds. She also says, trespassing on the Capitol grounds, this is what we've been waiting for. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy. (laughs) She's going to punch him out, she's going to go to jail, and now she's going to be happy. That is Nancy LaBruja Pelosi, and she wanted Trump in... in, uh, in the Capitol so badly. And when he didn't show up because, you know, he fought off the Secret Service as they lied and then falsely put into the narrative. Well, guess what ended up happening? They've decided to subpoena El Presidente Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States. And he is, um, I don't know if he's going to actually appear or not or how it's going to be, but they've waited till the 11th hour to say we're going to subpoena him to try and stymie the... um, the, the the momentum that the Republicans have been uh, enjoying and to try and smear Trump as much as they can as they get closer and closer to Election Day. 
not a surprise, but definitely disappointing. But again, they wouldn't be the Democrats if they didn't do stuff like this. That's how they do it. But I think the telling part here is she says this is the moment we've been waiting for. Now, maybe she's just being pessimistic. Maybe she's just saying, you know what? I've been waiting for them to cross this line. And now that they've done it, I'm going to get these crazies. Or maybe she actually engineered a plan to make sure that people would trespass at the Capitol, which there seems to be a good amount of video evidence that seems at least to suggest that. I mean, perhaps Madame Pelosi, Nancy Lavruja Pelosi, maybe she should park her broom and she should um, maybe have a seat and give testimony instead of creating committee rules that say that everybody can testify in this committee but her. Hmm. Right. These are some of those head scratchers that we've had for quite a while on this program. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I, I wanted to bring it up because that bit of audio came out from some behind the scenes footage from her daughter, Alexandra Pelosi, who is a filmmaker and was making a documentary of her. And somehow the film got leaked somewhere and it ended up with TMZ and everybody else. And now we're enjoying it here on talk radio. So that's fantastic. I'm really happy about that. Now, in other news, Elon Musk has broken his silence regarding his son, or I should say his trans daughter, Victoria, I believe is the name. Elon says, excuse me, Vivian, forgive me. And he talks about his estrangement. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. I want to get into that. But I also want you to hear a little bit more of the crazy, right? Because some of the crazy that is going on with um, just the way people think is is displayed so, I don't want to say brilliantly, but so obviously in this clip of audio. I want you to listen to this. This is a uh, attractive young woman, red hair, like fire engine red, I'm going to say, um, who seems to be in her 20s maybe. And you would think she's normal, but a little bit eccentric in the way she's dressed. But wait till you hear what she has to say. Let's talk about the trendiness of flat stomachs again. I think a really important question to ask is... Now, the really important question to ask here, and forgive me for interrupting, but we're talking about flat stomachs? Miss, I'm an authority on fat stomachs, right? F-A-T stomachs, because I am an OG, originally gordito. I know a thing or two about a chubby belly, but flat stomachs? I don't know anything about that. Maybe you could educate us. Go ahead. Why do we view flat stomachs as attractive? Some people in the comments of my first video tried arguing that our obsession with flat stomachs is biological because they're more attractive. When in reality, the actual reasons are a combination of fat phobia, Christianity, colonialism, anti-blackness, classism, and capitalism. (laughs) Okay, Christianity, colonialism, anti-blackness, and whatever else she said there. Um, these are the reasons that people have flat stomachs, not because they're more attractive, which is what one person argued. She argues that it's racist to have a flat stomach. Flat stomachs are racist and colonialist. Oi, listen to this. As a lot of us know, chubby stomachs were considered a symbol of beauty and wealth during the Renaissance. But why? Consider me a Renaissance man. Okay, got it did this change? White colonists started pushing the idea that black people were inherently fat because they lacked self-control, which highlighted the adoption of fat phobia as a means of perpetuating racism and trying to justify slavery. Now, while you're justifying slavery and the rest of this crazy thinking, my thinking here is what what do we say to fat white people or fat Asians or fat anybody else? Are we going to call them racist too? 
because nobody's looking at them like they're of an inferior race because they're fat. They're looking at them like they're inferior when it comes to health and athleticism because they're fat. Or am I, am I getting this wrong here? Go ahead, play the tape. As Sabrina Strings mentions, self-control and rationality were characteristics that were deemed integral to whiteness. Not to mention the idea of the Protestant work ethic. Decades later, we have a diet industry worth $72 billion and the fatphobic idea that flat stomachs are somehow superior. Let's talk about the trendiness of flat stomachs. Let's not talk about it. Now, this is to me one of the funniest things I've seen, uh, heard, read, whatever. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. But this is a real thing. It's on TikTok. It's on Instagram. I'm looking at it on Twitter. We've heard about fat phobia. We've heard about all this stuff, but yet it seems to be growing in its trend. I know I look at it and every time I see it, I can't help but ridicule it. But we look at this and I think, man, how does something like this even happen? Like, how do we get to this place where we think this is um, racist or, or what they're calling fat phobia? You know, whether it's a, a hatred towards fat or a fear of fat. But I'm thinking, where are the doctors? All these doctors, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. Is there not every bit of the science out there that says being fat is unhealthy? Because I know when I go to the doctor, I used to have a doctor. I remember one time this guy took his hand, grabbed my belly and jiggled it for me. And he said, you got to lose this. Lay off the rice and beans. It's literally what he told me. I guess he was being a colonialist racist <laughs> when he said that. Now, of course, he asked me what I, what I was eating. And I was like, yeah, I eat rice and beans a couple of times a day. And he was like, yeah, you're going to have to lay off the rice and beans. And he patted my belly. Now, um, I took no offense to it. I thought it was pretty funny. But now I know better. Now I know he was being a racist. And it was his Protestant white work ethic, even though he was Jewish, that uh, made him superior to me, I guess. And the fat white people or the fat Asians or the fat anybody else that worked with him weren't racist, or maybe they were racist, but only in their belly. I don't know. But this is what I'm talking about. This is completely asinine. It's completely ridiculous. Yet this woman believes what she's saying. She's 20-something years old. We've probably taught about this anti-colonial view of the United States and we're colonizers and we must be stopped and yada, yada, yada. And this is the same stuff that permeates in so many places. This is how the Marxists gain their energy and gain their speed. At least from my estimation, that's how it happens. And yet nobody cares. I don't think anybody cares because we are one of the fattest nations in, in the world, right? So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Plus, we're going to get to Elon Musk and his comments on his kid. Uh, plus, I'm going to tell you a little story. I spoke at the um, Hispanic Heritage event uh, at the Young Republicans uh, Clubhouse in New York City. I'm going to share that with you as well. There was a funny story on the way there. I know it sounds like an old school comedy skit. Funny thing happened to me on my way to the club tonight, but but actually there was a few funny things that did happen on the way there. Uh, so I'll share that and give you a recap on that. Plus, I want to get into a couple of other things like what's really on the ballot in the next 25 days. And uh, a few other things I want to get to as well. So don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, Mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. 
There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to life's adventures, Hyundai is thinking of every mile. It's your journey. Our podcast in our own world takes listeners through our entire journey. The good, the bad, and the oftentimes hilarious moments that make up our lives. Whether we're pulling prank calls on our friends or having an honest discussion about representation, it's all a part of our story. And Hyundai knows your journey is at the heart of your story. That's why they're by your side to cover all of the many miles and milestones together. And thanks to Hyundai, My Cultura listeners can experience the incredible journey of our Latino content creators. We're using their voices to share their stories because we all have a story. Join us as we voyage through life and celebrate its beauty, its diversity, and the voices of our culture. Together, we're discovering our road. Hyundai, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. It's your journey. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name? Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Big shout out to Philly, everybody on 1210 WPHT. Welcome back. I want to talk about this racist belly, and uh, apparently... Since I have a belly, I've got quite the gut on me. I'm going to guess I'm not a racist. That makes me an anti-racist. But if you have a six-pack, 12-pack, 14-pack, flat stomach, you are a racist. And uh, when I find this Elon Musk article, I'm going to get into that because I thought he made some really um, good statements on that. But I want to play a clip of audio for you because the White House says that there's a lot that's racist. And apparently it's okay when Democrats are racist but it's not okay when anybody else is racist. Check this out. Many times since taking office. Uh, I wonder if he's followed the situation on the Los Angeles City Council with Nuri Martinez and the leaked recording of her using racist remarks to describe uh, a colleague's black son. Uh, and here's the difference between Democrats and, and MAGA Republicans. When a Democrat says something racist or anti-Semitic, we, would, we, we hold them, we hold Democrats accountable. When a MAGA Republican says something uh, racist and or anti-Semitic, they are embraced by cheering crowds and become celebrated and sought after endorsements. Senator Tuberville, let's not forget, this just happened, uh, saying black people uh, commit crimes. Doug Mastriano attacking his opponent in Pennsylvania governor's race for sending his children to a Jewish day school. The president used to say, and, and I quote the president right now, 
quote, hate never goes away, it only hides. But lately, it's just one in the, it's one in the open at these extreme MAGA rallies. It's just out, pardon me, it's just out in the open at these extreme MAGA rallies, end quote. All right, hold on a second. First of all, she's really, really bad at this job. She can't even read the script. I mean, if you're going to be a professional communications person, look, I do this stuff too. I get it. And I'm not in the podium dealing with the press, but uh, I have to read things from time to time. And I try my best to practice it before I read it, before I actually go out there and say something and make a fool of myself and make the country look bad. But just a couple of things there. So when Democrats are racist, they, they hold themselves accountable. They police their own. But when Republicans do it, every MAGA Republican celebrates uh, the MAGA Republicans that are racist. And I just, I can't believe that to be true. I, what was his name? King from Iowa a couple of years ago made some statements. That some people defended and were like, oh, no, that's the best thing ever. Others trashed him. Others were saying, oh, it wasn't that bad. He was only talking about the Hispanics. Whatever your position on it is, and mine is that he probably was uh, not being very fair towards Hispanics in his commentary. But all that aside, it's not like Iowa's a border town, so clearly it was uh, somewhat ill-spirited. But he was held accountable. Right. He's not around anymore. He got tossed off a committee or whatever it was. So I I think her her comments are incredibly insincere. But moreover, she goes out and says that, you know, Doug Mastriano is is chastising his opponent because he sent his kids to a Jewish day school. I believe he's chastising his opponent because he sends his school, his kids to a private school instead of a public school especially when the guy was a former mayor and he's a current lieutenant governor and it's chock full of hypocrisy. It's not good enough for my own kids, but it's good for yours. That's the point that's being made. But the Democrats can't see anything unless they see race. The Democrats can't comment on anything unless they call you a racist. That's just seems to be the Democrat playbook playbook as of late. And I think it's wrong. And hopefully Democrats will hold them accountable. Hold Corinne Jean-Pierre will hold Joe El Baboso Biden, or we've renamed him last week, right? What did we call him last week? Jose. Jose El Boricua Biden, right? Because he says he's raised by the uh, Puerto Rican community. But it's the Democrats, the good people that drive trucks and are blue-collar union people that have been Democrats through and through for years and years, decades upon decades, whose parents voted for JFK. It's those Democrats, some of you who are listening right now, You guys have to hold Biden accountable. You guys need to toss him out of office. Because that is what accountability looks like, at least in my opinion. And Corrine Jean-Pierre, I mean, I like her. I think she's great. I I enjoy listening to her. She's amusing to me. But is she effective? And does she really uh, put her best foot forward to represent our nation? Absolutely not. Now, there's also a bunch of drama on Kanye West. Kanye West, you've heard him say this. He was on with Tucker. He was lauded for being terrific. I am a big fan of Kanye West. I've always liked Kanye West. I only saw what he posted on Twitter or Instagram. And what I saw was a screenshot of a conversation he was having with Sean P. Diddy Puffy Puff Daddy Combs. And in that, he posted what Sean Combs had written. And as I recall it, and I can't find it now. I think they've deleted this because they took down his Twitter page and they took down his Instagram page. But what he had posted originally was this 
rant from Puff Daddy saying, which Jews put you up to this? So then he responded, from what I could see in an, in another text bubble, my God is a Jew. And then they kept going and different screenshots were shared at different points. And the original one that I saw, I can't find. Otherwise, I would have put it on social media myself. But I saw it the day it happened. I think it was a Friday evening, not too long ago. Bottom line here is now everyone in the media is censoring and canceling Kanye West for being an anti-Semite, saying that he said these things about Jews when I think he was really making these uh, comments kind of tongue in cheek to Puff Daddy, kind of saying, you know, my boss is a Jew or my God is a Jew, referencing Jesus. So, again, uh, not giving anybody a pass for being anti-Semitic. I don't think that is his intention here. I've never heard him say anything against the Jews, uh, unlike, very much unlike other people that have made very clear anti-Semitic comments, you know, like Louis Farrakhan and so many others. So I have no reason to really believe that what Kanye said when he says that we're going to go to the highest level of alert, I'm going to put all my Jew friends on the highest level of alert. I don't know that that indicates that he's going to attack them by and putting them on DEFCON 3 or whatever it was. I, I think he's saying that there's more out there. At least that's how I interpreted it. Perhaps my interpretation is generous. And um, uh, the great one, Mark Levin, um, asked for Mr. West to clarify these comments and invited him on his show. And I will follow in that tradition and say, yeah, you're welcome to come on my show as well. This one or the new one that we're doing that's nationwide. However you want to do it, I would love to sit down with Kanye West and uh, ask him a lot of the questions that Tucker didn't uh, have a chance to or that didn't make it to the final cut. Because I think there's a lot of uh, questions that people really, really would like answered by Kanye West. Anyway, let us continue. Tulsi Gabbard. Now, Tulsi Gabbard is under fire right now because her aunt is saying that she is part of a homophobic cult. And... Let's see if uh, I can ask our producer to invite Tulsi Gabbard on the program. Maybe we could get to the bottom of this because the Tulsi Gabbard that I know was the campaign chair for Bernie Sanders for president. The Tulsi Gabbard that I know was the vice chair of the Democrat National Committee during the time of the debates where Sanders was running for president. Now, This year, she was a speaker at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, which is a a conservative forum that has an open door. And the year before, I saw Jim Acosta there. So it's not uncommon to see somebody you might disagree with. But it is uncommon for someone that was a Bernie supporter to now think of running for president just a few short years later and gain or earn the uh, Republican nomination for president. I think that's insanity, in my opinion. But I'd love to know your thoughts on this because uh, apparently they're going at her hard. And from from the story that I read here, it seems that she um, she's had a long tradition of being part of this this science of identity, which is a sort of religious practice or way of living that feels that it should life should be between a man and a woman, not between two men or two women which they're, you know, labeling as homophobic. But I want you to listen to what she said because she recently denounced, resigned, and uh, proverbially gave the finger to the Democrat Party. Listen to this. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers 
who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. All right, so I don't think we're going into any nuclear war, but again, that's me. You know, I did not serve in the military like Ms. Gabbard did, Mrs. Gabbard, so I will defer to her on that. But from what I could see, we're not having any type of nuclear war. But her aunt is coming after her, and typically when you have family, people smearing you, others in the media, others in government, whomever, and they start smearing you, it's because you're effective. It's because you're over the target. It's because you're getting something done. She has been labeled as having extreme positions on LGBTQ plus rights. And they've also um, criticized her for spreading what they consider the left. I'm talking about disinformation about Ukrainian biolabs. I'm going to agree with that. I also agree that whether there's biolabs or not, and I tend to think that these biolabs that are there are not something sinister but more so the things that have been known about for a very long time. They're not like some sort of underground bunker that was hiding these things. There's contracts dating back 15, 16 years about these labs. But anyway, just presuming you go with the narrative that Putin's the good guy, he's the, the shining white knight saving Europe and Christianity, which I, I don't believe in the least. If you do presume that, then you think that Gabbard is a, is a bad guy. Now, I think Gabbard is just somebody that had to believe in what Bernie Sanders was talking about in taxing and spending everybody's money so that we could have free college, free health care, free everything. And guess what? It's never free. It's never free. So I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to also get into this, um, this story here about her aunt, Dr. Caroline Siniviana Gabbard. That's the aunt's name. Uh, We're just going to go with Dr. Gabbard or Auntie Gabbard, or maybe we'll do it like, you know, like I call my aunt Titi, right? So Titi Gabbard or Titi Caroline, uh, let's see which comes more naturally as we go through this piece in The Independent and not necessarily the most reputable uh, print media out there, but that's where this story is. A former member told The Independent that the group's teaching, now the group they're talking about is that Science of Identity Foundation, which they're saying is a cult. Her aunt is saying that Gabbard is part of this cult and that because she's part of this cult, she hates gays. She's a virulent homophobe and that she's not really herself, that she's actually running to promote the actual, the the Sherpa of this cult, the, the leader who's actually a, what she calls later a white surfer dude. But that's what this is about. And uh, Titi Gabbard says that her niece Tulsi's career is all about the pursuit of power, and her bid for the presidency in 2020 was the culmination of four decades of Mr. Butler, i.e. the surfer dude's, efforts to seek political influence. <laughs> she also says that, once again, I find my niece's a parent penchant for parroting extremist toadies such as Tucker Carlson and vile strongmen such as Vladimir Putin to be problematic and deeply troubling. This is again Sinivina Gabbard, a retired professor of English at the University of Hawaii. Now, what's interesting here is that this is her aunt, her actual aunt, 
and she's trashing her, saying that, you know, she's she's supporting these crazy right-wing racist people in not so many words. And Gabbard is saying, I'm not a Democrat anymore because everybody's a racist and everybody's doing... So if, if you're the general public, you're like, man, this is crazy. Who's telling the truth? And this is why so many people are obviously disenchanted with politics, with news analysis, with anything having to do with, you know, what and how they can make sense of the world. So that's the latest story, and we'll keep you up to speed on that. But she goes on to tell a lot of stories about how uh, extreme it was, and if, you know, if she's not a Russian asset and a white supremacist, bigot, racist, extremist traitor, then she doesn't really know what she is, and it just goes on and on and on. And uh, it's a pretty interesting article, pretty short read too, but gives some insight onto how her own family views her. So before everybody jumps on the We Love Tulsi Gabbard, Tulsi 2024, 2028, or whatever, I think it's a good idea to take a look at this stuff. And more, of course, we're going to get to more as we move forward. We're going to talk about this teacher who is a transsexual. And the teacher prides himself, herself, themselves on creating false equivalencies and socially engineering scenarios to pervert kids and help them lie to parents. And I think that's absolutely insane. But sadly, that's exactly where we are. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, Mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tudor shows available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to life's adventures, Hyundai is thinking of every mile. It's your journey. Our podcast in our own world takes listeners through our entire journey. The good, the bad, and the oftentimes hilarious moments that make up our lives. Whether we're pulling prank calls on our friends or having an honest discussion about representation, it's all a part of our story. And Hyundai knows your journey is at the heart of your story. That's why they're by your side to cover all of the many miles and milestones together. And thanks to Hyundai, My Cultura listeners can experience the incredible journey of our Latino content creators. We're using their voices to share their stories because we all have a story. Join us as we voyage through life and celebrate its beauty, its diversity, and the voices of our culture. Together, we're discovering our road. Hyundai. Proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. It's your journey. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. 
Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. That's Valdez with an S, by the way. And I want to get into a couple of things here. I told you I was going to tell you about the teacher, and uh, we're going to get to that as well. I want to talk about El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus. Uh, He's obviously always making headlines. And there's a couple of other things we're going to talk about before we wrap this thing up. But right now, I want to get to this clip of audio, because to me, it's, it's fascinating to see how teachers and those activists that are out there, they pride themselves on the things that they do. And I think you and I look at that and think they couldn't be more wrong. Listen to this. I pride myself on being a teacher who's very open about her life. And one of the things I'm very open about is my sexuality. I have a trans flag, a bi flag, a non-binary flag, all on my desk at my work. But there's one thing I'm not open about. and it's- Now, why on earth... And before you go on to what you're not open about, because it seems like you're open about just about everything else. Why is it that she needs to be so open, right? I'm a radio host. I speak on the radio. I'm not necessarily an open book. I don't talk about childhood trauma, uh, difficult times with my parents. I might share a personal story here and again because, uh, you know, I love you guys. You're the audience. And, you know, we're we're like one big happy family here. But I don't sit here and and go out of my way to create conditions where you're going to ask me questions. I don't, I don't, I just don't do that. Now that may be my choice, my prerogative, that's fine. But why would she pride herself on this? And again, she, because she looks like a girl and I think she's dressed like a girl, but she also looks like she's probably a dude uh, or was born a dude, a man, biological male, and has let her hair grown out and is wearing makeup and he's actually a she or she's actually he or whatever the case is, this person. But let's continue. It's being poly. And today that actually became... Now, again, just to reiterate, what the teacher here is saying is that she is not open about being polyamorous, meaning that she has multiple love partners. This is a fascinating thing that I never asked any one of my teachers. Mrs. Goldstein was my first grade teacher. Right? Mrs. Freilich was my fourth grade teacher. Let's see who I have at second grade. Mrs. Gaeta, first grade, uh, was Mrs. Goldstein, kindergarten, Mrs. Brandon. Um, I never asked any of those teachers, Mrs. Grab, I think was her name in third grade, never, ever, ever asked them how many lovers they had, how many husbands they had. This woman feels that she needs to be open about this. (laughs) Just blows me away. Go ahead something I had to worry about for the first time. See, the kids are interviewing us teachers as a part of learning how to write profiles on others. They'll soon be doing it with each other, but they're starting with the teachers so they can all work together on one subject. Fascinating. So now I'm familiar with the concept in teaching where it's, you know, I do, we do, and then you do. 
that's how you get them to learn. But you being all of these different things, it has to fit in your head somewhere as a professional educator that went to college that somehow you shouldn't need to spill the beans on your entire personal life just to teach this kid how to interview. I mean, am I right or am I wrong here? Can she not say, all right, boys and girls, you're going to go home and interview your parents. But before you do, you're going to interview me. And they're going to interview you based on what they know. What's your job? Well, I'm a teacher. What time do you get to work? I get here at 8.45 in the morning. I get here at 7.45 in the morning. When I leave here, I leave here at 5 o'clock. Where do you go? I go home. Where do you go? I go to the gym. You know, basic, very neutral stuff. You don't have to say, where do you go? Well, I go to have hot yoga with other transsexuals at a, a, a LGBTQ plus IA friendly establishment because I'm polyamorous and I have multiple lovers. There's no need for that. That need doesn't exist, but yet they want to make it a thing. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I wouldn't be the first time I was wrong, but I just don't think this is necessary when you're teaching children. And one of the kids on Tuesday is going to ask me if I have a partner. And the answer is, yeah. And I have another one, too. And I don't know how to handle that conversation. Because Let me help you. Don't have the conversation. This is your job. In my job, I don't talk about who my partner is. And again, if I choose to, I want to, that's fine. But I don't think that that is the place of anybody, no matter what your role. If you're a cop, you're a firefighter, you're a judge, you're a priest, whatever it is. I don't think it's your job. And I know priests don't get married. But, you know, some that are in uh, ministers and uh, Protestant ministers do. I don't think it's ever their job. I guess if you're doing marital counseling, then you bring up certain things. Hey, this is my wife. We went through this and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. It's situational and you use discernment, you use judgment, you use wisdom. But you, ma'am, seem to lack all of those things and couth to boot. Because while I know that the kids are more accepting of things like homosexuality, bisexuality, all of that, polyamory is not in the conversation. It's not. Well, stop it. Stop the presses, sound the alarm. We now have to add polyamory, folks. This has to be added to the agenda of what we're going to teach your kids because it doesn't matter that the scores are in and your kids are reading at grade levels that they shouldn't be. It doesn't matter that our kids don't perform in mathematics where they used to 20 or 30 years ago. None of that matters because what matters is that this woman who was a transsexual imparts Every part of her sexualized being and her private life has to be imparted into your children's lives, into their minds, into their way of thinking. This is wrong on so many levels, in my humble opinion. Go ahead. Not something that is talked about. And I worry not only... There's a reason we don't talk about that, ma'am. Only would this be something that might lead to rumors that I am cheating on my partner or that I am a... So it's all about you. It's all a classroom assignment turned into the bochinche, the gossip about you and something getting back to your partner. Fascinating how revealing it is that you don't give a damn about these students and you only care about your sordid life. Swinger or something like that, but would also just totally. I mean, I can't stop interrupting this. So we went from having it, teaching a kid how to do an interview to explaining that I'm some sort of swinger or not some sort of swinger? Are you serious, lady, man, person? You've got to be kidding me. Derail the class. So the You're derailing society. The obvious answer, the one that I went to first, is I'm not going to talk about it. But that feels wrong, too. I don't like lying to my students. I don't like telling them. 
ma'am, discretion is not lying. It's part of being a professional and being the person in charge of minors. Something to me seems that you're totally not capable of. I hope that they find you, they track you down, and they give you a better line of work because it seems like you're in the wrong one. Um, falsehoods. And also, I don't feel comfortable answering the question by saying, yes, I have a partner and having to pick which one I pick as the face for my relationship. That You're talking to a kid in a classroom. It's not that hard. Feels super, super gross, right? So I guess what tentatively I've decided after talking with my co-teachers and my assistant principal is maybe the right way to do it is answer the question honestly. And voila, they socially engineer and create the conditions so that they are, feel like they're forced to have to tell their children that this is the lifestyle they live, to normalize this for your children so that your children can now say, oh, well, you know what? I was thinking of being like my mom and dad or, or my mom or my dad or my aunt or whomever it is that's raising me. But now I know I can be like my teacher who was born a boy but chose to be a girl, dresses like a girl, acts like a girl, but has a bunch of different uh, partners. This is like the best of every single world out there. Let's add a few more letters onto the alphabet soup. Now, again, if I'm sounding bigoted in any way, that's your problem. Definitely not mine. It's not my intention. I'm drawing attention to things that are utterly ridiculous. What's good for the goose has to be good for the gander. You can't just, it's clear to me that this is the teachers unions, their friends and partners in the government working with their foot soldiers, the mind benders and mind shapers that they've installed into these classrooms and have purposefully picked to pervert and change your children's minds, to normalize this deviant behavior so that it's no longer considered deviant, so that it's no longer considered anything. They want to totally erase the gender line. For what reason? I really couldn't tell you that. I guess they just, there's a gang of misfits out there, and they said, because we're misfits, everybody else has to be a misfit too. Anyway, don't go anywhere. There's a little bit more to come straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. When it comes to life's adventures, Hyundai is thinking of every mile. It's your journey. Our podcast, In Our Own World, takes listeners through our entire journey. The good, the bad, and the oftentimes hilarious moments that make up our lives. Whether we're pulling prank calls on our friends or having an honest discussion about representation, it's all a part of our story. And Hyundai knows your journey is at the heart of your story. That's why they're by your side to cover all of the many miles and milestones together. And thanks to Hyundai... My Cultura listeners can experience the incredible journey of our Latino content creators. We're using their voices to share their stories because we all have a story. Join us as we voyage through life and celebrate its beauty, its diversity, and the voices of our culture. Together, we're discovering our road. Hyundai, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. It's your journey. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice-cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. 
Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hola, ¿qué tal? It's Chiquis from the Chiquis and Chill podcast. State Farm apoya con orgullo este podcast and all the storytellers on the Michael Tura podcast network. They value nuestra familia as much as we do, and that's why they're offering surprisingly great rates. So you don't have to give up on doing what you love. With State Farm, you'll help protect what's important to you. Together, we're committed to elevating the Latino experience. It's our time to be heard about so many topics. Y con el apoyo de State Farm, nuestras voces can speak about mental health, familia, financial literacy, body positivity, y mucho más. State Farm supports our vision, our communities, our neighborhoods, y nuestra gente. Tus seres queridos son tan importantes para ellos como lo son para ti. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. State Farm, a proud sponsor of the My Cultura Podcast Network. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And uh, Donald Trump gave a rally recently, and it, one of the things that he brought up was how the Democrats work together. And again, this is not necessarily about the Democrats. I think people misunderstand what I'm saying when you know they think it's a partisan thing. It's really not. I, if the Democrats tomorrow became the party of God, country, and family, then I would be a Democrat tomorrow. But it's about values. And that's what's at stake in this election, the values of our country, things that were once held to be normal. And I understand people say, you know what, that was a different time. It's a new it's a new millennium. It's a new this. It's a new that. People want to push the envelope and, and be different. And, and they want people to be socially accepting of so many different things. And it's not that I'm necessarily stuck in yesteryear, although I am. I am quite the traditionalist. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. But it's that there's so much wisdom and just good, healthy practices with doing those things. Now, yes, does that mean that a guy who's married to the same woman for the 27 years they were married and maybe they weren't happy ends up killing her like some meme that I saw, sadly, on Instagram? Um, yeah, that, that could happen. It doesn't mean that being married to a woman for 27 years is a bad thing. And that's where the media goes wrong. And I think Trump nailed it when he uh, recently Silencing said... Silencing dissent and using the full force of government, law enforcement, and the media to try and crush... The greatest movement in the history of America. It's the greatest movement. He's right. When you silence this movement, and it's not just a MAGA movement. To me, this is a movement for Americanism. It's a movement for, for patriotism. It's a movement for people that love their country. This is why you've got people that are turning on AOC. These are Bernie Sanders leftists like Tulsi Gabbard. She doesn't get a pass. She's no conservative in my book, but she's walking away like Brandon instructed from the Democrat Party because she's saying, you know what, this is no good. At the end, we can have political differences, but this is no good. And that's the world that we're in right now. And I think it's important for all of us to realize we have to do what's right. We have to get out there and vote against what's bad. It doesn't mean that we're voting for what's good. It doesn't mean that, you know, you, you won't hold your nose and vote for a Republican that you don't like because a rhino is better than a leftist. And I'm not promoting rhinos. I can't stand them. I can't stand McConnell. But 
I realized that if I lived in Kentucky, I would pull the lever for this guy right about now because the alternative is giving more power, one more vote, one more person in a caucus, one more person on a committee, one more vote in the Senate or in the House of Representatives. And that's not something that we can afford. We have to be able to wrest away this power so that they can be put in check and their ideas and their detriment that they've brought to the table here, whether it's inflation, whether it's the border, whether it's anything else. To me, the the worst damage they've done is on the human psyche from every angle. And it's not just the Democrats. There's other radicals that are out there perverting the minds of Americans. I know people that are telling me, listen, Richie, there's not going to be an election. I mean, first of all, it's not one election. It's a few thousand elections. You've got the congressional midterm elections. You've got the Florida governor's race. You've got the New York governor's race. There's a lot of things on the table here. Trust and believe we're going to have elections. Now, will we have winners at the end of election night? Probably not in every case. That lamentably is the way things work nowadays with all this early voting and people voting at the last minute and with mail-in voting and all these changes. But more and more states are adopting laws and reversing these crazy mail-in voting things and, and strengthening election laws after they were weakened prior to the 2020 election. So these are steps in the right direction, and there's no reason for anybody to believe that they're going to get robbed every single time to say, oh, but they stole an election in 2020. How could anybody move forward? That's an asinine way of thinking. That's like saying, oh, I went to a bad neighborhood once and they stole my chain. Does that mean you never go back to that neighborhood again? Maybe if that's what you want to do, but it doesn't mean if I go there, I'm getting robbed, or if somebody else goes there, they're getting robbed. The reality is that's not going to be the outcome each and every time. But what will be the outcome each and every time is if you do nothing. If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So now's the time to stand up, do something, because America needs you more now than she's ever needed you before. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Vacations are supposed to be easy, right? Lots of stress-free time spent on the beach with a drink in hand, making memories that will last a lifetime. So booking a vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. They offer easily bookable vacation packages with exclusive nonstop vacation flights to your favorite vacation destinations. Explore deals to top-rated resorts like Ryu Hotels and Resorts and plan your vacation with ease. It's like turning on easy mode. Get started at applevacations.com today. Hey.